You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 386th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. It is Matt, Minneapolis. You know, I used to wear uh, sweaters over dress shirts, but now I'm kind of more a dress shirt over sweaters guy in Minneapolis. Did I say that? Huh. Uh, this is Spencer in the Happy Valley in Western Massachusetts. Little guy, I'm not sure I got the reference there, but I'm sure at least a couple of our listeners probably did because it's something little guy ask. And there, there is a strong contingent of listeners that are very much team little guy that I don't understand. And I don't know that I need to. I'm willing to bet the little guy's got a pretty strong team because I got random text messages today. Really? Friend of the pod, Ryan Fisher of a Vanagon in downtown Cleveland with a Klein mantra (laughs) attached to the back on a rack. But it was one of those racks that kind of like hangs vertical. Those are nice. Off of the top, like like not out of the Mm -hmm. hitch. Yeah. Um, cool. Rumor has specific. it yeah. that yeah. little guy was in Cleveland today. Is that true? It was not me. I have yeah, not couldn't be. been in Cleveland since 2016. I'm sorry to report. Uh, really the, miss the mantra. Cleveland. The mantra's a little modern for uh, for yeah. a little guy mountain bike. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, my my pulse. I have a pulse two or whatever. It's probably the same oh. era. Yeah, oh yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't have all that squish um, on mine. So, unfortunately, yeah, pretty advanced. not in the city of light, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, so, sad to say. I had a question for you, little guy. Just mm-hmm. out of the blue. If I were to move back to the Twin Cities, yep. would you do the Minnesota Mountain Bike Series race schedule with me? Like, every weekend. Like, we just every, gear up the van again. <laughs> you think it's and, every weekend? And just show up. No, uh, like every race weekend. Like we okay. could go do do a live podcast. I'm assuming Spencer's a no to this idea. But, yeah, um, you know, that. just yeah. set up a tent, get a slow ride podcast team going, like a team Vanagon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I'd do it. I don't want to do like crits yeah, or road I mean, races, how, but wait, I'll do mountain bike races. That sounds fun. How how does Tim get on Team Vanagon on this slow ride podcast Team Vanagon when two of us own Vanagons and it's not him? That's the well, best part. I, he's trying to he's trying to get a ride along. Um, I yeah, mm. I figure I'm gonna have to push at some point. Well, that's true. That's a reason. Now, now yeah. he's making a strong yeah. case. I'm not gonna push. <laughs> I, I mean, go. Spencer, you can come out too. I just think that you know, <laughs> as we get older, this is gonna be our moment to shine. <laughs> there's only so many sunsets left in our racing career. All right, boys. Um, there's obviously so much to discuss. Liege, best owned Liege. Little guy went out for a ride, found a new climb that he that they put in the slack that must be important enough to talk about. Uh, it's new to me. Uh, new to me. Everybody else. We have some other it. super hyper specific um, Twin Cities bike riding to do, but I want to get to the thing that's on the top of my mind. Of course, okay. I'm talking about. Well, 
guys, I think I found something more ridiculous than our fandom of road, track, and mountain bike racing. Okay, it's Wait, not cycle on. ball, right? So we've already talked. About it is not that. cycle ball. I, I found yeah, something I'll... way more ridiculous than cycle ball I'm when like, it comes pretty, to fandom. I'm pretty sure you covered all the bike uh, racing that there is there with those. I, you thought categories. I would. You thought right. I would, but um, gravel. Well, bike packing. Um, oh. I want to get into uh, the, the the controversy of uh, Leo Wilcox, one of the coolest cyclists around. Okay, doing. The fastest known time on the um, Arizona Trail. On the okay. Arizona Trail race. Right? What is the Arizona Trail? Could you know yeah. what it is exactly? I don't know what it is. It, I have no idea. Yes. Yes, I do. The Arizona Trail is basically a mountain bike trail that goes okay. all the way from Mexico on the southern border of Arizona mm-hmm. all the way up to the Utah border. Okay. It is 827 okay. miles. And it includes a 24-mile hike-a-bike section through the Grand Canyon where your wheels are not allowed to touch the Grand Canyon because of obvious protections Whoa. due to the National Park. So there's a 24-mile, like, you have to take the wheels off your bike. Can't push it. And huh. put it on your, and, like, put it on your back. Whoa, okay. okay. And That's an hike. element I did not know about. That adds some. Yeah. That adds yeah, something to it. <laughs> yeah. It's a massively badass trail yeah. ride at 827 miles with... A 24-mile hike a bike, which is basically just a marathon. So that's pretty much mm. what, yeah, that, like eight hours. That alone would kill me. Yeah. So Lael did it in nine days, eight hours, and 23 minutes, besting the previous record by two and a half hours. Okay. This is not the first time that she's attempted to take this record. Okay. okay. I've known Lael for... Right, I have spoken in the past to Lael um, at Sea Otter, where she had mentioned going for this FKT. I want to say like four years ago, and various things have come up. Mm-hmm. COVID, I think there was yeah. like the smoke from the wildfires last year. Like this is, but this has been a target on Lael's mind mm-hmm. for a while. Here's the here's the gotcha moment: okay. is that the race director of the Arizona Trail Race is not re- recognizing the time. Why For the that? stupidest reason of all time. Are you right? Uh, the stupidest reason of all time is because she had a media crew with her documenting her journey. Now, reminding you, uh-huh. Leo Wilcox is a professional rider sponsored by some of the biggest brands in the cycling industry. Her job is literally to produce content. Mm-hmm. This is amazing content that she was able to produce. Yeah, She violated two rules. The first rule she violated is that she had a media crew documenting her journey. The second is that a rule. Wait, there's a, a rule? Exactly. Well, the there's a rule on the website. Okay, no there, media. There's a, no, no media. proof. And then the second rule is that there's a visitation rule which states that, you know, ex- excessive interaction with with friends or family, I don't know. What? Is a yeah. violation. So, supposed to be unsupported. Oh. Sure. Okay. Supposed to be unsupported. But again, more than likely she's not violating the rule of unsupport. We don't know. But what she is, her partner is also the documentarian of the media crew. So it's kind of like she's getting hit 
twice here, right? Like, oh, you have a media crew, but then it happens to be that your partner mm-hmm. is heading up your media crew. So now you have a visitation rule that you're violating. Huh. Um, so these these are the same people that after every like Lachlan Morton video comes out are like, ah, he didn't do it alone. He talked to somebody while he did it. Yeah, and exactly. Like, well, we wouldn't have known about it if, if neither of them had had somebody there. So it's sort of, That's we just have what... to live with that a little bit. I don't think, mo- like, so Vela News ran a piece. My guess is that Lael's media team conveniently placed this story in there that she broke the record by two and a half hours, which, again, is an amazing achievement. She yeah. has the record. She has the <laughs> FKT. And I don't care about, you know, these yahoos over here that designed the course that are like, oh, it's a violation of rule 2-C sub-4, where no media... Like, come on. The reason I learned about this is because the amazing coverage that Lael's team was putting out when she was riding her bike 824 miles and broke a record by two and a half hours. I think it's awesome. How are you? Yeah, I, I mean, awesome. you that there's this rule. What's so the, you first, you first mentioned this ride across Arizona, Tim, and I cast my mind to all of the beautiful places in Arizona that I've seen bikes being ridden. Sedona comes to mind, you know, Tucson area. People go for road rides and Mount Lemon and all these things. And I'm like, Oh Yeah. Arizona, that's a place I could ride some bikes someday. I've never been. And then you brought up all these questionable rule violations and things. And it it immediately turned my mind from, that's a place I could go ride bikes to, boy, that sounds dumb. People there got their, you know, priorities all screwed up. I don't, I'll go find somewhere else to ride. I'll go back to Moab or something instead. Well, uh, and that's kind of the taste I'm left with after hearing just, just the nugget of this story that you've told me. I don't know any more details than that, but, uh, it doesn't well, seem, I don't know who this decision serves. Uh, certainly not the tourism for bicycles in Arizona. Well, naturally I'm sure I'm doing a great job of summarizing this whole thing. I a hundred percent believe you're factual, like without fail, <laughs> of course. Um, so there's a mass start event that everyone kind of agrees to the rules of the mass start event. And uh, my understanding is that this is a pretty common rule of no media crews and no outside support, such as the great divide race or whatever. Sure. But that being said, I just want to say that I think having a media crew is pretty awesome if you're good enough to have a media crew and I'm willing to take the benefit of the doubt that Lil Wilcox is faster than everybody else that's at that event because she continuously does quite well in these events and beats well, yeah, individuals I think she can prove of, it because she did it nine, nine days, eight hours, and yeah. 42 minutes like, or whatever. Um, so I just, think, I think if you even if you're not good, if, if you have a media presence enough or a following enough to justify having a media crew, like what's What's the problem? It's 2022. It's not even That's 2021 anymore. Like, like the, it's just kind is of standard. Is her job is literally to have a media crew, <laughs> like you know, like yeah. <laughs> what? Um, oh, anyway. What? So, is this like little a guy, race, Tim. That like people start at the same time, or is it just you can just show up whenever you want? I like, think you kind of start off at the same time, but okay. my guess is that as long as you register your start and you have some kind of like spot tracker. You can, you know, do your best. But right now is probably the time that you want to ride across Arizona because it's not blazing hot out yeah, yeah. and there's not wildfire, se- wildfire season. 
but there but, are um, wildflowers. Anyways, you want to I just want to give a shout out to Leo Wilcox <laughs> for slaying it all and winning and having the fastest known time on the Arizona Trail. Because there's no asterisks on the Slow Ride podcast. You did it, yeah. and you documented it, proving that you did it. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think, I think she officially holds the Slow Ride podcast fastest traversal of Arizona record. I mean, it, if you look at Lael's, like records, it's pretty amazing. Weren't we going to come up with a... Um, so we have the championship belt. We need to have like a bike packing mm-hmm. one, so... The championship we had the championship suspenders. <laughs> like that. The, yes, definitely the frame bag. But I would be willing to argue that Leo Wilcox's consistent performances actually get her into conversation of the championship belt. That's but true. But that's a whole other uh, topic of discussion. Um, but anyway, so I, I just want to call it the Slow Ride Podcast frame bag of destiny. Frame bag of destiny, yes. I suppose. All in okay. favor. Good job, Leo. Like it was a hell of a performance. And you have the fastest known time on the Arizona Trail. All right. Now that we settled up that morsel of truth brought to you by the Slow Ride Podcast, let's get into LBL, Liege, Bastogne Liege, arguably the least favorite of the monuments here on the Slow Ride Podcast. Eh, it's good. Arguably. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, okay. but I mean, that's... that's, of, that's the six po- yeah. of the six monuments, what are the, what's the best? We decided last week, definitely Paris Roubaix is number one. Yes. I'm assuming Flanders is number th- two. Yeah. Three, two. Three is probably Milan San Remo because of the Whoa. Poggio. Whoa. I'd go four with that. Is Lom- four is Lombardia because yeah. it's it's a beautiful and there's the whole buildup of Italian Classics Greek. Yeah, you can't no. go five, the, the buildup just sort of. Yeah. Five, five is the Japan Cup because you have the, I mean, there's just so much awesome there. And then six is clearly <laughs> Liege best on Liege. Yeah. Why is it even a classic? People want to know. <laughs> it's, it definitely deserves to be a classic and a monument, even if it's not any of our most favorite. It's still a fun race. So, so little guy, did see... you watch all six? Let me tell you this. I went to bed last night. Yeah. A little late, maybe like one a.m. And they uh-huh. were starting the race. And when I woke up at seven a.m., the race was still going on. Well, yes. Yeah, and guess of. what? I didn't miss anything. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you miss some stuff if you miss it. Yes, I watched, um, I don't know. I watched a lot of the men's race. I don't know how much of it I watched, but I watched enough to see the multiple giant crashes. Uh, the one that took out like half the field, yeah. the one that yeah. left Al Philippe in the ditch with Bardet running down to get him, which was a beautiful gesture. It was a very. It was a week of uh, lots of like uh, beautiful gestures, at least in the men's peloton of what I said. That and you had the the Pino well, thing at the Alps and Dela Cruz and him and warm hugs and stuff. But well, let's let's stick with the men's race for now, yes. purely because, as you mentioned, there was the giant crash, which took out Ella Philippe um, and a host of artists, and yeah. Bardet being the ultimate uh, countryman celebrating the French election. Out there, just waving yes. people down. Yeah, well, uh, then the race kind of, kind of simmered for a little bit after that. It sort of seemed like no one could quite tell what to do. Were they full on racing? Were they just hanging out for a minute? Bahrain eventually kicked it off, and then Remco attacked, and that was it, pretty much. <laughs> he put down a huge attack. I think at this point, his attacks are both 
just to win the race and to make people stop giving him crap for not being Eddie Merckx yet and to make <laughs> his boss yeah. leave him alone for a little while. <laughs> yeah, like he well, bought like a couple weeks. He bought a couple weeks of not being slandered. Yeah, by that guy. For just for he's. I mean, it's hard to remember. He's because this is like his fourth year. He's only twenty two, right? He just won a monument. Yeah. He's twenty two. He put in a huge attack. Um, they just ripped the peloton apart and just basically rode away from everybody. Yeah. Well, you know the pressure uh, there on the Quick Step team had to be through the roof, and you know. Old old Uncle Pat was ratcheting things up there after a, a lackluster showing uh, in their their true Belgian classics, um, mm. and so they. I mean, I think the expectation was a big day, right? Um, you could say they obviously had some pretty high highs uh, on the day, but also some pretty pretty low uh, lows there with Ala Philippe, who was. Pretty severely injured um, yes. by that crash. And uh, I, for one on the podcast, I don't know if all of us um, wish him the best and a full recovery uh, because you never well, want to see that come on. happen. Spencer, no, I absolutely do not want to <laughs> see that happen. I know that was directed at me. I'm just, I'm just forcing I just you to say so out, out loud so that I, you don't I get thrown horrible. under the bus later. And I'm sorry that, that he crashed, <laughs> but I do want to say that the real star of that moment was Romain Bardet who um, listens to the Slow Ride podcast. Um, and, sure. you know, I just... Little guy, I got some ammunition for you. Okay. How old is Remco Evanpole? It's 22, I think, right? How old was Eddie Merckx when he first won Liege-Bastogne-Liege? Say 21. Do you know? 21's my guess. What do you say? Wrong. He was... 24 years old when he wow. won Liège-Bastogne-Liège in 1969. So there you go. Take Remco's... that, Eddie Merckx. You're not no. as good as Remco Evanpole. <laughs> Shot across the bow. Shot across the bow. Um, wow. Well, now guess, that being said, Eddie Merckx was 21 when he won Milan San Remo for the first of seven times. Yeah, he did win Liège-Bastogne-Liège five times. He won the World Championships three times. Uh, 22 stages of Paris-Nice, three Paris-Roubaix. <laughs> wow, that guy's pretty good. I don't yeah. know why people don't talk about him Tour de France stages. Yeah, uh-huh. should we just keep going? <laughs> I mean, we don't need to pile it on Remco. I think it's a good place to start for Remco. And hats off to him. He he put in a huge attack. I somewhere on the internet saw that his... Um, so, so I saw the power numbers for Nelson Paulus, who was mm-hmm. the... One one rider who almost seemed like he was going to latch onto that Remco attack, and then you saw the power numbers for Nelson uh, when 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 he sprinted for like eighth or something, and they were almost yeah. identical. Were they? And that's wow. so pretty ridiculous because that was like false flat top of a climb, and Remco put put down like a six hundred watt attack and just ripped the peloton apart, and it's pretty now, nuts. So sports gambling is legal and we do it over at rollerderby.com. Who did you guys put your points on for top placed cyclocross racer? <laughs> well, going into the race, I don't think anybody was going to get that one right because yeah. it wasn't Wout. <laughs> it wasn't Wout. Quentin Herman's little guy. How excited were you? 
when it was when you saw it was Quentin Herman's that, taking second. That was the Come my on. highlight of the race. I mean, one, I saw him beat Wout, and I was like, who is that? Who is that? <laughs> Wait, which Wanty rider was in there? I was really racking my brain because I couldn't think of who Wanty was going to have at the pointy end of the race. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the slow-mo, and I was like, no. No, it can't, it can't be. <laughs> no, come on, come on, don't mess with me. The, the, it's Photoshop, but no, it's real. Quinn Herman's yeah. huge result. Um, well, he never beats Wout in any sprint, <laughs> and then he beat him. True. He beat him. He beat him for second place at LBL. It's it's beyond yeah. huge. I was so excited yeah. to see him yeah. showing up on the road. It's great. I, I mean. For all the talk this season about who is gonna, you know, Quick Step, Ineos, like whoever, like who's gonna be the top dog, like quietly, easily the best season of the year so far for teams has to go to Intermarche Wanty. Oh, like so above they, expectations. It's unbelievable how much above. Yeah, they're they're the new LP shit. Like they are absolutely pump pu- punching above their weight. With huge results, fourth at Paris-Roubaix, second at Liège, Gourmet winning uh, earlier this year. Yeah. Like they're just they're crushing it everywhere with different riders all over the place, a la Alpecin Phoenix uh, last year. And I mean, it's, um, it's impressive. It's great to see Q take the win. He may have been a little anonymous. <laughs> the, the win, yes. I guess it was the win at that point after Remco had flown the. I was trying to make so a much. QAnon joke so that yeah, we could talk about the listeners. Wrong rider. Here. That, it, yeah. Quentin um, doesn't ride for Trek uh, on the road. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> hey, um, uh, shout out to, uh, I guess, legend of the pod, Alejandro Valverde, for an amazing result. Um, and it looks like 16th place was for Bruno Armorell. And uh, we don't talk about Bruno on this podcast, so uh, let's he, go over to the. Yeah, that's fair. I just want to give him. A, he was in the break of the day. Come on. No, no, no. Ruining it. Oh, whatever. You're the one with kids, little guy. You're supposed to get the joke. I don't get the joke. I'm sorry. What's oh, the joke? Well, guys, you probably don't have your kids I feel watching bad for Disney. Tom Boone and Tom Boone and he's not yep. <laughs> Hip to the coolest stuff. All right, all right. That is but unfortunate. That's really drive I'm, listenership right there. Yeah. What's the joke? Yeah, well, there's a Disney movie where it's all about we don't talk about Bruno. You're going to have to watch it sometime. No, I won't have to watch it. What movie is it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what were you going to say about Bruno, little guy? I was going to say that he was in the break all day, and he was the last man standing from the break, I'm pretty sure. He Mm -hmm. latched on a Remco for a little bit. And had the fingers crossed he could ride those coattails. Didn't happen, but 16th place is a notable result, especially from the break. It's a a solid result for the future. Major shout-outs there. On the women's side, one of the great things about LBL is that there is a full-fledged women's race. And uh, Movistar uh, took the top space on the podium with Mm -hmm. Annemiek Van Vluten taking the win by a little bit less of a margin than Remco. With 43 seconds over Just Grace slightly. Brown yeah. and Demi Vollering. <laughs> Barely. In second yeah. and third. 16th place, yeah. shout out to Shirin 
Van Android. Wait, you now, guys would remember. That also sounds fan familiar. of the podcast. Yeah. Also fan of the podcast. Sixteenth place at the Trek World Cup at um where you took the slow ride jersey. I'm sure it's still in her possession. I yeah, hundred percent. That's definitely hanging in the closet if she hasn't already gotten it framed. If she hasn't gotten it framed, or it's in a thrift store in Madison. I don't know yet <laughs> where it is. Well probably one of them. Uh yeah, the women's race was great. Um both this one and the and the Fletch alone. Um the kind of the intermarche story on the women's side, I think, this year is the FDJ uh women's team pulling mm-hmm. in a second uh as well over uh with Grace Brown, but then kind of like putting up solid results all season long. Um, so that's my pick. Uh, if you're, if you're new to women's cycling and you don't want to cheer for the big names, um, eh, put your money, put your roller derby points on, uh, on FDJ and, uh, their team of riders over there. And little guy, um, how'd you feel about Dylan tunes taking it over Valverde, um, at flesh alone? <laughs> I, it looked like Valverde gifted it to him. You watch the last K. There's a point where Valverde pulls next to him, and then kind of looks over his shoulder like he's he's gifting it. You think it? Okay, hang on. It did not to me. It looked like wow. Valverde sat up. Are you Spencer, thinking? I don't know what to do with are you, this. is this accusation that Valverde is, as he's nearing retirement, <laughs> maybe starting to think more about his 401k? than uh, another victory in the Palmares. I don't know. It's weird. It looks like he just, I mean, it was more suspicious wow. than when uh, <laughs> when uh, Vinikirov and Koblenov uh-huh. or whatever came, came to the line together. I was surprised. I thought Valverde had it. He pulled even, and then he just sort <laughs> of stopped. Interesting. So you think a guy that's 42 years old, has uh-huh. been the patriarch of the Peloton. They're just going to go up to his old friend Dylan Toons from Bahrain. <laughs> now yeah. there's... Oh, wait a second. This is starting to get some legs here. <laughs> I don't know. I heard... Uh, you think he's calling I, in a favor later? You think that's what this was, maybe? Like, he kind of is like, hey, you know, don't forget about this, about, mm-hmm. you know, some stage at uh, Tour de France. All right, mark it down. Little we'll guy, write see. this down. Let's, My let's guess see. is if we see Bahrain go to the front for Movistar, we know that the godfather Alejandro Valverde pulled some sweet moves while on the bike. This, this could be true. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe maybe it wasn't all selfish. Maybe he's not looking to pad, pad the old uh, bank account as so much as he is looking to buy allegiances later in the year. Now, that that yeah. does have some legs. I think, I mean, may, let's say, best case scenario, uh, Enric Moss did a huge pull up the last climb of Flesh Wallone and uh-huh. to set up uh-huh. Valverde. Like he led the whole Peloton. Valverde was like, you know, I've won this before. It's not that big a deal. I want to pay back Moss. So he said to Dylan Toons. He won it five, he won uh-huh. it five times. Four years yeah, in a row at one point. He said, we're going to need yeah. a little something in the mountains at the vault of this year. Uh-huh. uh-huh. For my boy, for my boy Enric back there. And, he, and Dylan said, what? <laughs> and then was like, oh, hey, I won. So that's going to get, I, ha- payback's going to happen. This- Okay, he has not had a major win since he won the World Championships in 2018. He's had some solid results, but he hasn't had, like, top-level flesh alone really? or a classic A bunch of second places. A bunch of second places. Yeah. 
So I find it, I do find it a little bit hard to believe. He hasn't won Flesh Rollone since 2017. He is 42 years old. This could have been his, I mean, there's not very many shining moments left. What do you in call Alejandro major results? Career. He won a stage yeah, at the Yeah, this Volta. is curious. He won a stage at the, at the, at the, the Dauphine, the Cartoon When did he win a stage at the Volta? 2019? Yeah. After the World it's Championship. Been, what year is it, little guy? <laughs> I'm still saying, you just said, since he became World Champion, and he hasn't okay. had major results. Okay, just throw one in there. Fifth at Lombardia last year, it looks yeah. like. Uh, Not a second, win. Again. Second <laughs> at the Tour de France, uh, stage I just, 15. I'm saying... Most riders would it, would dine out on a on a Grand Tour stage win their whole career. Our boy Valverde's got 133 wins. Yeah, maybe. Let's but don't you cut think that slack. like? So you think that he's he willing a stage to make a deal the Dauphiné, for Enrique uh, Moss? Have you seen the dysfunction that is the Movistar team on the documentary? Yes, but I would say um, one thing about those Movistar documentaries year. is that Valverde is the consummate teammate, especially like helping out Moss and like yeah, the because other he GC knows the guys. cameras like, are around him. Third at Fletch last year. <laughs> anyway, Fifth at still. Um, look at you. Got anything else from Flesh that you want to talk about? No, no. Other no. than then, it was exciting that uh, Marta won uh, on the women's side. Like Spencer yeah. was saying, those FTG women. So she was coming into Liège today. She could have done the Ardennes triple even with it a strange stretched out since she won Amstel. So was she six? I think six, fifth or six today. So. A notable results, not David Rebelin esque, but you know yes. it's all, it's like almost there. That was peak Pretty fandom good. right Pretty there. Um, yeah. All right, well I'm gonna go open up some Gerald Steiners and I'm gonna call up my boy Michael Matthews to see how things are going in the Ardanes on this week's Premier. So remember it and uh, yeah, enjoy your Starride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the pre-lap. Major shout-out to all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. It's episode 386. Only 14 more weeks of podcasts to get your limited edition episode 300 t-shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've been hawking these things for about two years. Now's the time. Before they go, orders get, shirts they going are, fast. They're getting low. They are becoming vintage. We are sold out of yeah. several sizes of a few different designs. Um so, uh, yeah, if you haven't got yours, now is the time uh, before they are gone for good and replaced. Buy something for episode 400? Maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, we might have to get some old-fashioned uh, uh, cycling kits made, perhaps. Oh, yeah, based on the sales of the shirts. Well, I, I got a good a idea. Run. If anybody's a designer and you want to design a Slow Ride Podcast <laughs> shirt, we'll let you have a very free Slow Ride Podcast oh, kit. That's a great deal. That's such a good deal. The exposure I, is worth so much. <laughs> Your you career think, is going to be the best ever. Do you think they know about the cool ass? Because if they know about the cool ass, I think we're good. I think uh, I'm just going to take the USA Cycling kit. And just replace the USA Cycling logo and the white jersey with the Slow Ride Podcast logo, with and the, we're good to the go. Stussy, the Stussy S? Oh, yep. yeah. All right. I'll do all the right. cool S. Well, like to thank all the listeners. Head over to uh, 
wideanglepodium.com slash shop if you want to buy some of those vintage t-shirts or click donate or support to find out how you can become a member of the Slow Ride Podcast and the Wide Angle Podium family. We'd also like to thank the continued sponsorship from our friends over at Hammerhead. Yeah. I, you guys, used my Hammerhead this weekend. I saw pictures. It is true. Now it could be staged. Mm-hmm. It's Sounds not staged. staged. It's not staged. It's It's been a while since I've been outside on the bicycle, um, but <laughs> did some group riding, uh, got out, uh, Hammerhead, um, Karoo 2, working flawlessly, swiping between the screens like, like a pro. A mountain. I was a on the top concerned. of a mountain. Okay. Um, I was swiping between the screens like nobody's business. Um, it was easy. It was intuitive. It was responsive. And you know what? Uh, it uh, uh, uploaded, imported seamlessly with Mastrava. Uh, so all that data is up there. Boom, quickly. Uh, just a beautiful integration. Love that computer. Have not, honestly, guys, I've had a lot of cycling computers in my life. I never enjoy using them. They're always a pain. It's always like something like, oh, I got to unplug it from here and unplug this and open oh, this gotta, thing. And I've got to measure my wheel size to make yeah, sure. That the, it's, yeah, it's something, but like, it's just really nice to turn the thing on, even after not riding outdoors for all winter. Uh, so Hammerhead's got these biweekly software updates that keep the thing up to date with what's going on with the Stravas and all, all the, all the things you want to integrate with. It's just, it was just great. So it was, they just, so it does, it does upload pretty seamlessly to Strava though. Yes. It was pretty simple, right? That's the important thing. What is more important though, Spencer, to me mm-hmm. is that your Strava is still on private because I didn't know <laughs> that you had a ride. I actually double checked after I saw oh, photographic I've, evidence of you riding. I've blocked you. Oh, is that the pro? Oh, Okay. Well, I'm still happy that the Hammerhead um, uploads. And the best part is you can head over to hammerhead.io and you can get your very own, for a limited time, custom color kit and a premium water bottle with the purchase of the Karoo 2. So just Mm -hmm. use the promo code SLOWRIDE, custom color kit. Looks badass. There's no other reason why you should do it than to get the custom color kit. So just use the promo code SLOWRIDE at checkout to get yours today. Yep. Exclusive limited time offer for podcast listeners. Promo code SLOWRIDE. Put all those things in your cart and you're, you're good to go. Awesome. Let's get back to the show. Hi, this is Tom Bonin. I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are once again at the Slow Ride Podcast Mailbag. Shout out to Jeff Diefenbach, who hits us up about the Lifetime Grand Prix and the spreadsheet you didn't know you were missing. And I got to admit, I didn't know I was missing this spreadsheet, but boy, am I happy I got it. Because (laughs) Jeff has gone all in. And he says, apropos of the discussion of your newly launched podcast, The Slow Ride, at least I think it's new. My memory only tends to go back a week or two at most of the Lifetime Grand Prix, you may perhaps be aware that there's been a fair amount of online discussion about the scoring system. Riders score their best five from six races in the series. Oh, yeah. All six, 
All six races count the same. For example, Unbound at 200 miles counts the same as Shawamigan at 40 miles. Moreover, there is no premium for winning. You only earn 30 points. And second place gets 29 points and so on. Love it. That's bonkers. I can hear a little guy screaming right now. So I made That's a spreadsheet. Bonkers. I'm trying to get uh, so, I made, so that I made a spreadsheet that compares the official scoring outlined above with an alternative scoring method that weighs the races differently and disproportionately rewards higher placings in each race. Uh-huh. Your faithful listener, Jeff Diefenbach. Um, we'll give him a PhD too, because this is I a lot it. of math in this spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> Honorary PhD from the Snow yeah. podcast. University. And yeah. I got to admit, having re- point system going 30, 29, 28, all the way down mm-hmm. is pretty garbage and that they should weigh them differently. I think there should be at least a five or six point premium for winning the race over getting second. And more importantly, you should get at least a 20 to 30 point bonus for winning Shawamigan, by far the biggest and best race in the series. That's the only point that I sort of agree with is that uh, the mileage between Unbound and Shawamigan, while quite different, um, Shawamigan is by far the harder race. Like, easily. (laughs) Says the guy who's done the other one. I personally have never suffered more. Mm-hmm. anywhere than at Schwamigan. So by the Spencer scale, it is the hardest race in the world. That's a good point. Yeah, it does seem silly. They they could easily switch it around every year, right? Like mm-hmm. this year, Unbound has the most points, but maybe next year you want to promote whichever year races has the, <laughs> the least people signing up, you make that the most important race the next year, and boom. <laughs> you just, you know, you're like, oh, no one came to Schwamigan? Well, uh, Schwamigan's now worth a bazillion points, so... I will say this, though. I, I like... I like the point scale being tight because it's going to guarantee like that of, the leaderboard is tight. Is that F1? Like, how much do you get for winning an F1 race? Is there, like, a... How much uh, of a difference is there? Like, three or four points? It's not a ton, right? Yeah, it's not a ton, but it's a couple. I think it's 25... So, so if we were 20? to fix this, if we were to fix this, I would think that only half the riders should get points. You have to be in the top 15, just like F1. So it becomes nah. like, nah. so it becomes like cool if you're in the top. And then secondarily, I think that, you know, going into big sugar, it would be pretty cool if everyone's pretty tight at the top. I, I'm kind of with you, Spencer, as I think more about it. I don't like the idea of offering different points per races. I don't think, yeah, no, as much as I joke same. around yeah. that Schwamigan should be the most important, it, they should all be the same. But I do have a problem with folks that skip um, Sea Otter, which is arguably the worst of all six races on the calendar. I don't know if there's um, an argument about that. That, like, you know, skipping that race doesn't seem to really have hurt a fair amount of people. Um, you know, it's still, like, Payson is still in it, even though he didn't get any points because... Only five, like he just now needs to perform over five races because, right? Cause but see, injuries. this is this is what's important about um, doing the points all the way deep instead of only the top 15, Tim, is that if five people of the 30 choose not to show up to Sea Otter, yeah. you're still like, you get rewarded for showing up. You might not get very much because you were 25th or whatever, but like you get something mm-hmm. because you yeah. made the effort to be there. And Maybe that, if that, you don't and, tow the start line. You're kicked out of the series. How about that? The little well, too ruthless. But that's yes, hard for because the, for there's injuries. a rule that you can skip one. Yeah. I don't care if you're injured. 
get out there. Do the race. Yeah, I don't okay. think I want to do that All because right. you you don't want to be penalizing people and having people show up injured. Is I, I, I want to dive into this spreadsheet a little bit more and see what the alternatives are. But right now I'm thinking it's maybe not perfect, but it makes some sense in a lot of different ways and keeping the race tight and, or the yeah. scoring tight, the leaderboard tight, and then at least giving people something for for being there, for for showing up, you know, which is good. Yeah, because I mean, you've already won by getting in to the yeah. event, right? Mm-hmm. Are there pizza preems or anything, or like like local like bike shop five dollar discount cards or anything? Mid race, I'm sure lifetimes all over that. Okay, because um, you gotta have that. That's bike racing. So I had a lot of difficulty finding the Sea Otter results. So I asked Jeff. I was like, "Hey, I saw your results. I went through your spreadsheet again. There's like 20 tabs on this spreadsheet. It's pretty amazing." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and very well researched. as we were going, as I was going through it, I saw Bjorn Sealander did the event, friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And he got like, you know, like 45th place or something. I didn't know there was that many people at the event. So maybe Lifetime could do a better job of giving us the results because they were hard to find mm-hmm. <laughs> like within a week. The only results I saw for the Lifetime Grand Prix was of the 30 riders that were in it. But they, okay. not all of them yeah, started. Sure. Like you, like I couldn't see that. Like oh, the gentleman that got fourth place isn't part of the lifetime Grand Prix series, so then it moves everybody up or whatever. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, that's not uh, really. Uh, was it only available on Athlinks or whatever their thing is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I would just expect it to be over on Lifetime.com or whatever. Spencer. Yeah. My understanding is that another friend of the podcast contacted you about the biggest mystery in cycling since um, Kern Brussels Kern 2006. Yeah. Um, we've had some uh, boots on the ground um, work in this case, uh, work in the donkey case. You guys remember the, the mystery we uncovered uh, a few mm-hmm. weeks back about the, the infamous KBK mm-hmm. donkey uh, and the location thereof is... 2005, has, that's right. Yeah, it has been... Um, its whereabouts are have been unknown. So we went full Indiana Jones. We are we are archaeological um, investigators um, looking for this relic. Um, the whereabouts have been lost, lost to the sands of time. And only one person could possibly know the fate of this donkey and that is of course george hincapi who uh won the donkey so we had uh, a friend of the pod um scott Patton, got in touch said he talked to george provided photographic evidence of the meeting so we know this is on the up and up word on the street now you guys ready for this i am george does not know where the donkey is bullshit he does and then not. His dog is chewing on it. Does not know where the donkey is. The mystery. It's at the hotel. It's at the continues. hotel. Continues. It could be at the hotel. It could be. I choose to believe in my heart of hearts that the donkey made the trip back. It's in the Carolinas. It maybe it got, uh, you know, mis mistakenly donated to the to the goodwill out there or something and. Or, or sold the a, a, a George's uh, yearly yard sale that he has, yeah. um, and uh, and and it's there somewhere, um, unbeknownst, you know, just sitting on a shelf, you know, 
collecting dust. So no one knows the true value of now this we know the KBK, wide-eyed donkey. We know the KBK donkey is a top five podium accoutrement. We've talked about it many times. Yes. Do we know any other professional cyclists, or do we have access to any other professional cyclists that has won some of the other accoutrements of choice, like the San Sebastian hat, mm-hmm. the trident, the the giant liter of beer, um, and some of these other uh, races? Because maybe we have to get to them to see what do you do um, with with it. We just call Lance up. Call Dan Craven. See what happened to the pig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to ask Dan what happened to the pig. I'm pretty sure we did ask Dan what happened to the pig when he was on the show. And the I'm pretty sure we know that he never actually got the pig. Um, yeah. It was just a photo yeah. opportunity from his media well, uh, uh, crew we, that we was were, there with him to we, produce We remain content. on the case for the donkey from the 2005 yep. KBK. We are anybody closing sees in George Hincapie, on j- the truth. Just keep asking George. Yeah. May, see if you can get him to slip up. Scott wasn't <laughs> able to get him to slip up. See if you can. The truth um, is out there. We'll find it. Now, little guy, my understanding is this past week you were out on a bike ride. Now, I have to ask you, did this bike ride include our favorite section of road around Lake Minnetonka, west of the Twin Cities, <laughs> that was Adopt-A-Highway sponsored by the Dave Matthews Band fan club? Sadly, no, I did not. I, I don't. Huh. I mean, I go east, even though there's so much traffic, I usually ride east. Because that Dave Matthews Band fan club roadway west of the Twin yep. Cities yeah. was always the one place that I thought it would be okay to litter because I always wanted to go out there with a bunch of Dave Matthews Band <laughs> <laughs> albums yeah. and just throw, a bunch of, yeah. just throw some CDs, some tape yeah. decks, some cargo shorts, just kind of uh-huh. throw them all out there so that, <laughs> and then film when the Dave Matthews Band fan club comes to pick up the trash yeah. <laughs> and just the the tears that would be streaming down their eyes. <laughs> Imagine how sad and scared they would be if you just threw a pair of cargo shorts with Dave Matthews Band, like smashed Dave Matthews Band CDs, like stuffed in the cargo short pockets on the side of the road. Tim, you that's that's a threat. That's an open threat right there. Oh, it is. certainly. Uh, this is something FBI would be involved. This is something Tim has clearly thought about. A lot yeah, a more little, than a little uh, too much. A little yeah. sinister. A little. I'm a little concerned. If yeah, I just, I'm just if thinking. anyone on the Dave Matthews uh, fan club um, has not been heard from recently, eh, maybe look into this guy Tim Hayes. Are you saying yeah. that I? I don't, I'm not saying anything to them. You leave me. <laughs> yes, you. I'm sure maybe. you were under a table when you dreamt up this scheme. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. No, I I don't know any other Dave Matthews fan songs. Wow, I can't reference I'm tapped anymore. out right now too. I like yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty dumb. But I gotta admit, it would be pretty amazing if we littered a bunch of Dave Matthews band ticket stubs. Yeah, unused ticket stubs. Just gotta throw them out there. Oh, unused ones. Wow. Yeah. That's cold man. That's super cold. Yeah, that's harsh. <laughs> I'm sure they're anyway. Nice uh, I mean, they did adopt a road. That's good. Yeah. Was this was this the story, or did little guy actually have a ride? <laughs> I had a little bit of a story for you too. Okay, is that I had some. Um, I I rode to school on Thursday or whatever, and I realized we we're. I got over to St. Paul, and I realized, oh, we're starting a little bit late today. I had extra time, uh-huh. so uh-huh. I had like an hour yeah. to kill. So I went for a little ride down in Lilydale, 
And uh-huh. we've all written Lilydale a million times. We know Lilydale. Oh, yeah. But one Is thing I'd flooded? never done. It was not flooded. Um, one thing I never so done describe is describe this to our dozens of listeners that are not in the Twin Cities. Lilydale is a very close suburb of Saint Saint Paul, which is basically just um, down uh, on the river, and it's floodplain and woods, and there's one little up on stilts thing called the Lilydale Yacht Club, and I think at the top of the bluff, like a thousand feet above or whatever, eight hundred feet above, there's six blocks of housing. I, there's very few people in Lilydale. Lilydale encompasses okay. a lot of space, That's but not a lot wonderful of humans. history okay, of Lilydale, the city. Um, talk about the ride though. The route is like, there was a time trial down there, which is why we know about it. Uh, and we famously co-opted that time trial route and then routed it up the one road on the bluff. Uh, and, um, convinced yes. the nature Valley grand prix to turn that into a stage for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that we've got some history down there. Yeah, it's it's mostly like you said. It's mostly flat. It's Pancake barely flat. above yep. the the river line. And yeah, the the time trial you speak of was if you if you're in St. Paul down by the river, you end up going to Lilydale. Well, you can mm-hmm. also just go straight up the bluff on one of mm-hmm. many fifteen percent plus grade hills. Yes. What I learned on this ride is I had never gone in to the. Uh, the park, like under the hiking trails where, cause for many years now that a lot of it's been off limits because there was landslides over there and, and tragic yeah, yeah. things happened. So there's been all the landslides in the mudslides. Yes. So you've never gone up the, the walking trails. I'd never gone on the walking trails before. And so I know many other people have, I learned later from Strava, but I, for the first time <laughs> went down, rode down those dirt walking trails and then rode the dirt trail up the bluff and it is insane and amazing. It takes you just like literally almost straight up the bluff. So imagine Ohio, but paved. Our favorite climb, Ohio, but paved that we sent it up the time trial. Um, but this trail is just dirt. I had to walk part of it. I think it averages out to like 14%. I never knew it was there. How did I ride by this for 15 plus years like a dummy? It's my new favorite climb in the world. I want to go do it every day. And I can't wait to take you guys there with me. You're going to hate it. And I'm going to be so Ooh. happy to drop you so hard on that climb. That's my whole goal for the summer is to take you there before Schwamigan and drop both of you. Well, if you take us there so. after Schwamigan, you maybe will be able to recoup some of your ego afterwards. So that, that could be good. <laughs> but the thing is, I won't be able to convince you to ride your bike after Schwamigan for like at least a week or two. Absolutely. So I got to do it before. <laughs> I got to do it before. Should, should I bring a mountain bike? Would that no, I mean, mountain bike or gravel bike, certainly not a road bike. It's all sharp, jagged rocks and stuff. Um, it was great, though. And you guys know Spencer's in new new ride land over there, so everything's new and exciting to oh, some yeah. degree when he goes to ride. You and me, Tim, we've out been... Of, out of time, out of town form. Out of town <laughs> form, but also out of town, like, like, you find new roads. These are roads I've gone on a million times. So to find a new climb that went up the bluff and was way more fun than all the ones I've done a hundred times. It was so exciting to find something close <laughs> to home that I hadn't done. And then later when I looked on Strava, of course, like a uh, friend of the podcast, Josh Bauer's like third on the Strava up it or something. Um, so everyone knew first. about this, but you. 
Yeah, no, from looking at the Strava, I was like, oh, yeah, everybody knew about this climb and had gone and done this climb a bunch of times, except me, who's just ridden past it, both on the top and the bottom of it for years uh-huh. and never once knew. Now, the interesting thing about the top of the climb is I didn't realize the spot where it came out was a spot where years and years ago I had ridden over to that part of St. Paul pulling my bike trailer to buy a CV joint for my Jetta at the time. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I got there a little bit early. So uh-huh. I went and walked on part of this trail, but just the top of the bluffs. And at first when I walked on the trail that time, I found a little bag of weed on the ground. That was crazy. So I find this little bag of weed and I'm like, huh, that's weird. Is this weed? And I'm like, oh, it is. And then I heard a weird sound and I saw a rattlesnake. And then I was like, ah, and I ran the other direction. So I hadn't been back to that trail since that weird encounter. But it turns out if you turn the other way from where I saw the rattlesnake, there's a really cool climb. So in summer, I mean, watch out for rattlesnakes. Yeah, maybe the snake was trying to tell you something. It was. It was like, turn around, dude. There's a cool climb behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turn around. <laughs> turn around. That's my story. There's not much to it other than I found a new climb. Hey, and I'm excited to drop you, you know, guys on it. It's a great story. And you're not going to be dropping me on it anytime I mean, soon. Because little guy, I ain't going to sh- be riding it with you. <laughs> yeah. Check the Strava, little yeah, guy. Say, we've Tim, we've could... been riding it for years. We just never told you. <laughs> I bet. I bet. No, Tim, this this would be more climbing in 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 a mile than you would do in like a 100-mile ride. Yeah, probably. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, All right. Well, little guy, I'm, I'm stoked that you found something new. That's cool. I miss that ride. I miss all of the rides in the Twin Cities. Maybe I'm getting a little sentimental, but um, I'll make sure to come up there in July. Maybe we'll do another uh, Slow Ride podcast ride out to Afton so I can destroy you on all of those old roads that I used to drop you on and feel so horrible for you. (laughs) Um, And maybe Spencer will come out and join us, and then we'll have some fun out at Schwamm again. Um, Well, guys... I don't have anything else on the agenda. I thought it was a wonderful time catching up with you. Um, We're going to be back next week on the Slow Ride Podcast. So I'd want to invite everyone to email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com, where all of your emails are gratefully received. We'd also like to have you check out our mm-hmm. Twitter account at the Slow Ride Pod. And nope, still eight years old on Instagram. We do not have our Instagram account functioning <laughs> at the Slow Ride Pod. Um, yeah. If you're listening to this Instagram, we are in fact not eight years old. Um, no, uh, much but too old. You can find us on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Um, mm-hmm. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for the intro and outro music. I'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium. Mm-hmm. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more. And even more importantly, we'd like to thank our good friends at Hammerhead. Head over to hammerhead.io and get your very own custom color kit and premium water bottle by using the promo code SLOWRIDE when you purchase a Karoo 2. Once again, put all three items in your cart and use the promo code SLOWRIDE and you get two of them for for free. And with that, this is Tim in lovely The City Beautiful (laughs) and now the owners of Disney World, Orlando, Florida. (laughs) This is Matt. I have one new place to ride in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast.
bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Criterium Nation. 